brilliant opening bit. Oh, you're tiny. And you guys are like, no. We don't care about that mic stand. Hello, you guys. I'm Rhea Butcher. I'm the host of this show that you're currently at. Put your hands together. And we have a ton of amazing comics on the show, and you should give them a round of applause because they can hear you in the back. And you guys are going to see them a little bit later. I usually have a co-host on the show. Her name is Cameron Esposito, and she is also uh, my wife. My wife. And, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. What if I was like, no, 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 no applause for my wife, please. She's not here. She can't hear it. Also, I don't care. (laughs) But I was just like a real dick. Look, this lesbian's a dick. I thought they've been fighting for this for a long time. lesbian misogynist we should both be at home in the kitchen with no shoes on I hate myself it's a character I'm I'm workshopping for Netflix (laughs) but she is uh, super busy at home in the kitchen so she couldn't make it today Uh, so it's just going to be me so you're going to hear my thoughts on things um, and my thoughts are scattered on things because what the hell is happening in this country that we keep voting for Donald Trump? <laughs> I mean, I understand what's happening in this country that we keep voting for Donald Trump. It's racism. That's what keeps happening. That's what's happening in this country. Uh, but I did wear this Ohio shirt because I can't believe that Donald Trump is making me happy that Ohio voted for, Don- for I don't even remember his name, John Kasich who is a terrible, terrible person, because uh, I'm from Ohio, uh, and I'm very glad that they did not vote for Trump um, and instead voted for another terrible person. <laughs> so you really have zero options over there, and uh, they made that bed so they can vote in it. I listened to that guy's speech. That's in air quotes. Um, this show is also a podcast, so I wanted to let them know that. <laughs> that was barely a speech. He was very disjointed. And he sounded just like George W. He was just like, come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to explain it. That's the brand of Republican he is. Like, Donald Trump is like saying all this stuff that makes no sense. But then there's also that Republican that's just like, just believe me, I know what I'm talking about. I'm in a position of power. I have a microphone. Just listen to me. I'm not going to explain my plans. I know what I'm talking about. He like said to take a widow out on a date. I'm not kidding. I missed the very beginning of the sentence, but I don't think... I mean, I jumped in in the middle, and it's still... It, I don't understand. He was like, take her... You know what you should do? This country's going through a lot right now. And there's this woman who just lost her husband. She's 70 years old. Take her to dinner. That's what this country's about. Go to her house. Ask her if she wants to go to dinner. She'll wear that dress she hasn't worn in six months. What? What? 
the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it makes zero sense to me. And also, I was listening to NPR on the way over here, and they were talking to a guy that wrote a book about Donald Trump, who is on the record saying, oh, I don't waste time with books. <laughs> okay, cool. Not cool. Uh, he wrote a book about Donald Trump, who, in Art of the Deal, this is like Donald Trump's book that he wrote, but apparently won't even read because he doesn't waste time with books, even though he wrote one. All right, sounds like a deal to me. Um, he said that he uses truthful hyperbole. <laughs> truthful hyperbole. That is as like oxymoronic as a group called the Tea Party telling people they should stop protesting because it's un-American. <laughs> that is brilliant. You guys should be laughing at that more. <laughs> I also think another oxymoron that I realized the other day is uh, calling white people fair-skinned. <laughs> Just think about that one, white people, for a little bit longer. Go home, go to bed, be like, oh, shit, she's right. <laughs> You'll get that one in a minute. I do think, though, uh, whatever your thoughts are on this upcoming election, um, I do think it would be fantastic to have to watch the Republican Party decide between Donald Trump, who they made, they made that monster, and really we all did in America. It's all our fault, and we need to vote, get rid of that guy because he shouldn't be around, and it's crazy. Um, but he is our fault. But the... GOP and the Tea Party, like going all in on the Tea Party and hatred and the birther movement, all that stuff. I mean, he started the birther movement, so it's their fault going into that. Um, they also created, like, whatever you think about Hillary Clinton, silence. It's always silence. I appreciate that. <laughs> there are two options there. Um, it's always silence. But they, the Republican Party has been selling a lot of her story that she's this terrible human being. And so it will bring me personal joy to make those Republicans that are moderate Republicans that aren't Tea Party Republicans have to choose between those two people. Like, Donald Trump is basically Adolf Hitler and also this woman that I have been trained to hate my entire life, with my entire being. God damn it, like, I can't wait to see them just explode in the polling booths. It'll just look like, you know, like airheads, that candy airheads, it's like a guy like with smoke flying out. That's what every moderate Republican is going to look like in the polls. And I love it. The thing I've learned from Hillary Clinton running for president uh, this time and uh, doing a pretty great job at it is that, uh, hey, don't want it too much, but work really hard. Don't work too hard, but chill out. But don't be too relaxed. And make sure you wear something nice. But we don't care about what you wear. Hey, this isn't about gender. Hey, don't talk about your gender. Hey, don't want to be president. Do you really want to be president? <laughs> smile. Don't smile. Be presidential. Stop shouting. That's what I've learned about what it's like to be a lady that wants to do something. Um, and let's see. Thank you, single lady that... <laughs> Woo! I do think, I'm not even going to go into it. 
I feel like I, I'm in the closet as like a Hillary Clinton supporter. I feel like I'm back in the closet. And I, I honestly have had conversations with people where we sit down for coffee and they're like, hey, I, I really like what you've been saying about Hillary Clinton. I just want to say bye. <laughs> and then coffee is over. I mean, here's the great thing. On the Democratic side, I agree with both of them. We should be happy about that. But instead we have like the internet making us go, no, you must choose. This is a yes or no question. Actually, it's not. You can agree with one person and agree with the other person and go, I like them better and just go for it. Right? A couple people are saying yes. Okay. I've divided the crowd into yes and no people. Thus, proving my entire point. <sighs> it does feel like, uh, I don't know, I, I, can't, I haven't said much about it, because anytime I say anything about the election that's even slightly towards Hillary Clinton, a bunch of people jump on me and are like, it's like this whole thing, and so I've just stopped. And it almost feels like supporting a woman gets you in trouble. <laughs> it almost feels like the election is the internet. The whole thing. Just a crazy red-faced guy on one side. Okay, anyway, I'll talk about something else, you guys, because uh, you feel a little tired. <laughs> Seems like I've worn you out on this. Only said her name like three times. Maybe I'll bring you back with this. I agree a lot with Senator Sanders. Yes. <laughs> bring some of you back. He just, do you guys know the band Fugazi? Yeah. Okay, great. So you guys know Ian MacKay, the lead singer of Fugazi, right? He's, he was in Minor Threat, big guy in the DC scene. He's been around for a long time, started a record label called Discord. His whole thing was, we're never going to sell anything for more than $8.00 and every show we ever, ever play is gonna be five bucks. He also like tried to get women in the pit. He was very, all this stuff, wrote songs about rape, all this stuff. But he also is very finger-waggy. He yells at everybody. He yells at everybody. And like, I agree a lot with Ian McKay on a lot of things, but I don't want him running the country because I can't imagine a president with like a little beanie cap <laughs> and cut off shorts and like vans that are falling apart. Like, come on, man, get this shit together. I promised I would talk about something else. <laughs> so I went to South by Southwest uh, over the weekend. <laughs> Even more divisive. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hillary Clinton and I flew to South by Southwest. <laughs> we held hands the whole way. <laughs> she bought me a fruit and cheese plate. It was a Delta flight. <laughs> I was going to talk about this last, but I'll, I'll say it up front. On the, the flight back, and I'll talk about South by Southwest in a second, because I was talking about like what it's like to be a woman. Like, don't do this, but do this, but don't do this. There was a woman in front of me on the plane, and we, we sat down in our seats, and she sat down in front of me, and I could see she was like kind of looking around, because uh, I was in coach, which, what the hell? Anyway, <laughs> I'm wearing a T-shirt, like I should be flying first class. Uh, on stage. And anyway, so she's like looking around on the floor and she goes like, oh, oh no, oh God. Oh, and she hit the thing. Hit the, per hit the button for the person. 
um, which is like, hello, drink. Um, I, lo- I love the little icons on planes, too. Because it's just like, hello, I need some ice water. Thank you. And no one ever wants to press that. It's like the worst imposition you could possibly... Ugh, please don't make me hit a bell for a person. I, but my favorite is the little person in the bathroom when the seatbelt sign is on. And you go in the bathroom and it's the person going like, Oh, God, i got to get back to my seat. <laughs> this is more impactful if I do it sideways. Look for it the next time you're on a plane. It's real fun. So she hit that thing and the lady came over. It was a female flight attendant. There was also a male flight attendant. And she came over. She's like, yes, uh, how can I help you? Because we hadn't even taken off yet. And, she, and this woman says, sorry. Um, I just, sorry, sorry, um, sorry. There's a tomato on the floor? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. She spoke almost completely in sorry the whole time. And the flight attendant was like, oh my God, that's so gross. How, why would somebody even leave a tomato? That's, I apologize. That's so sorry. That's, that's so sorry. That's so gross. Uh, I'll be right back. And the woman goes, sorry. And then the flight attendant went back to get some paper towels and she brought them back. She goes, here you go. And the woman said, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I just, I just wanted to, I'm so sorry about this. Like it was her own, like she planted a tomato on a plane, grew the tomato all the way until it ripened, sliced it. I don't know how she got a knife on the plane, let alone like all the farming products she would need to bring that tomato. And how did she do it so quickly? We just got on the plane. How does that? Those windows are very thick. How did any photosynthesis happen? I don't understand. So she's like cleaning it up and she just goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It wasn't even her tomato. That's the life of a lady. Sorry, 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 sorry. Why am I here? Sorry, sorry. I should just get off this flight. I didn't mean to exist. Sorry about this. (laughs) Thanks, ladies. Not much else happened at South by Southwest. I walked through a lot of branding. Um, I felt like there was some scent branding, like aromatic branding, because I was like, what the hell is that smell? I've been smelling it. Oh, is that for Tumblr? Like, it was a Tumblr scent, which was pretty great. But to bookend the woman conversation, um, like, I was walking down 6th Street, and it's all blocked off, and everybody's just, like, having this great time. And there was a dude who was, like, I don't know, 26 or something, shorts, short sleeve, not T-shirt, button-up shirt, painting the picture. His face was very red. He was sitting down. And we, like, briefly made eye contact. But while we made eye contact, he was in the middle of telling his friend something. And he made eye contact with me. And so that woman spent the whole time on that flight saying sorry to everybody. And this guy represented everything about dudes at South by Southwest for me. Because he made eye contact with me. And he went, I need some cocaine! (laughs) And I, like, looked at him and went... And he just went, yeah. (laughs) So that's what I've been up to. Are you guys ready to get this show going? Because I sure am. Awesome. We have so many amazing comics and some surprises. Uh, This first comic is a friend of the show. We love it when he comes by. You guys, please give it up for Greg Barris. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for coming out to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me here today. 
Thanks for being here. One or two more is fine. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for being here to the show tonight. Thank you for coming out. Does anyone else need to receive me? Thanks for being here. Thank you guys. How's everybody feeling? You guys alive? It's good to be alive. It's good. It's good that you're here and alive. Thank you. Um, a lot's happening in my life. So much is going on. I am uh, trying to better myself. Uh, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm taking Spanish lessons. Thank you. Um, I'm taking singing lessons. I learned how to sing this song. Can't live. You guys know it. I am taking piano lessons. The plan is I'm going to sing the song in Spanish while I play the grand piano as a surprise toast at my ex-girlfriend's wedding coming up. Very excited. Thank you. I'm also learning Krav Maga. Lots going on. My, uh, my parents are retired, and they're working on themselves, and now they are Uber drivers. My parents are Uber drivers. One day, you could get into a car going wherever you're going, and my parents would be picking you up. So, where are you going? Oh, it says on the app. Where I'm going, it says on the app. Yeah, but where are you going? Is it a date? You taking someone on a date? You look nice. Maybe you should have got some flowers. Remember when you got me flowers on our first date? So you have a dog? We have a dog, Piper. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, right, Ron? Yep. He's, he's been diarrhea every night. That's four nights in a row. We used to have another dog, Phoebe. But I don't know why the Lord takes creatures away. She was just, she was just a puppy. And there's no rhyme or reason sometimes to what he chooses to do with his children. <sighs> okay, I'll be okay. <sighs> That's where Yaya got her mastectomy. <laughs> That's where Jody and Thomas got married. Are you going to get married? Is this girl, are you taking a girl or a guy or a boy? You know, whatever. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> It was an English car also. I don't know if anyone noticed that. It was an English car. It was an English car. Um, I am, everyone's working on themselves. You know, I'm trying to better myself. I have bad posture. I don't know if you probably noticed. You know, if you're paying attention at all, you probably noticed that I have bad posture. But I have bad posture because I literally think that people will see me with good posture walking around and they'll think like, who the hell does he think he is? Walking around erect. Who do you think you are? Ugh. And then I'll like drop my wallet and that person will find my wallet. I'm going to kill his wife and kids. I'm going to find his parents and his grandparents and their family. They're all dead. So I, I stand like this. You guys feeling it? You guys feeling it? I want people to be in my set like you're at Coachella, you know? Just like really, like, you know, do like some finger twinkling, like, oh, I don't feel, like really feel my jokes. Just, just say the punchlines, just shout them out, you know? A lot of times, a lot of times people don't like that. I'm, I'm encouraging it, you know? 
lot of times people are like, oh, he's doing the same joke. I want it to be like, oh, he's doing the same joke. <laughs> you know, call your lover and be like, he's doing our joke. He's doing <laughs> this is the joke we made love to the first time. Oh, it's, and boobies. Get your kid on your shoulders, you know? Be like, oh, when you're older, you'll get it. Everyone just take out your breasts. Get in the mud. If someone wants to, like, come on stage now and, like, do the rest of my jokes with me, like they do that at rock concerts. <sighs> I, um was uh, pulled over by the police. I'm doing a lot of traveling, you know? I think the police will pull you over when you have out-of-state plates on your car. And because the police are part of a totalitarian system of oppression. <laughs> and they worship a reptile god. Anyway, so I get pulled over, and this guy's like, oh, you're traveling from out-of-state, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm a comedian traveling. To which most people would be like, oh, you're a comedian. Tell me something funny. That's right. That's what a good person would say. That's what a good Christian would say. This guy's like, oh, you're a comedian. Are you hiding any drugs in the car? And I'm not ashamed of my lifestyle choices. And I said, yes, I am hiding drugs. Good luck finding them. When I was eight years old, I hid from my parents in a game of hide and seek for 187 days. I painted myself as a portrait of myself above the fireplace. Good luck finding the hidden weed. It's the back left tire. That's a hint. Um, I'm trying to work on myself and being cooler. I, uh, I've learned this about myself through all my self-work is that I date people that are too cool for me. Does this sound normal to you guys? I date people that are way too cool for me. I date people with cool names like Pulat. My name's Gregory. <laughs> and I realized this, and uh, it dawned on me that it's like, oh my God, I gotta date a regular girl with a regular name, like a Carol or a Pam. A Carol will be like, hey, I did uh, the taxes for the family. <laughs> You're done. A Pulat's like, I'm at the wrong airport, and my shoe's broken, and I forgot my wallet and money, and you need to be here right now. And you're just like, I love you so much, Pulat. My life, my life is your life, Pulat. I love you, I love you, I love you. Sometimes, Pulat, I think I'm you. I'll be right there, Pulat. But Carol would just be like, I made tacos. It's Taco Tuesday. Pulat sounds like a lot of trouble, Greg. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Greg Barris, you guys let him hear it. Greg was talking about posture. I have the worst posture, and I hate that about myself. I didn't know how bad it was until I was in college, and I my art school, quote-unquote art school that I went to, it was not an art school. It was in the middle of Ohio. There's no art there. Art does not exist in Ohio. Sorry, Ohio. It doesn't. Just letting you know. And I, my school had like a ramp in the middle of it, and next to it was a bunch of windows. And until I walked past those windows, I had no idea how bad my posture was. When I walked past them, I realized that I walk like this. <laughs> Like, I am in an extreme hurry everywhere that I go. <laughs> I walked in here like this. Oh, shit, slow down. Slow down. 
thought that would be funnier. You guys don't like it. I agree with Senator Sanders on a lot of things, you guys. Jesus Christ. I just, what's he going to get done? That's all I'm saying. I agree. God damn it. We have an amazing show. And this show is only going to get amazinger. This next comic is her first time on the show. And here, put your hands together. We like to go crazy when it's somebody's first time. So when I say this person's name, do you promise me? Do you pledge your vote to me? <laughs> Raise your... No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> promise that you will go crazy for her and welcome her to the stage. You guys, in from San Francisco, please welcome Corinda Dobbins. Man, I see I have to come back again so they'll bring me out to different music. Um, <laughs> how you guys doing? Man, just like Greg, like I've been traveling a lot. Like I just got back from Portland. Uh, Portland's very white. It's, <laughs> like it's startlingly white. Like it's, Portland's so white. Like I got into an Uber and uh, my Uber driver felt the need to point out to me that we were turning onto Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. <laughs> he was basically saying to me, this is the blackest shit we got here. Please, please enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks, Uber guy. <laughs> then I went to uh, Kentucky. Um, I spent some time uh, in Louisville. Oh, you from Louisville? Yeah. Oh, no. No, Louisville, Louisville is, uh, is beautiful. Um, but uh, I was staying, before I traveled to the South, uh, I stayed in San Francisco. I used to say things that sound good in theory, right? I used to say things like, I would much rather have racism be in my face. I don't want that passive aggressive racism they have in San Francisco. Actually, that's the only kind I want. It's the best kind I found out. <laughs> I was naive, I apologize, San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, I was staying in a very fancy hotel in Louisville. Uh, this hotel is referenced in the great Gatsby. Uh, they restored it back to his 1920s glory. And when I say they restored it back to his 1920s glory, I mean, they didn't want no black people in there. I got into an elevator with an older white woman, and we were getting along fine uh, in silence. And she pushed the fifth floor, I pushed the sixth floor. But when she stepped out of the elevator on the fifth floor, she turned to me and she said, thank you. Oh. I was like, I don't work in the elevator. <laughs> I got on with you, remember? We got on together. I was like, uh, uh, uh. But then I said to myself, how can I make this the most awkward exchange ever? How can I do that? And I thought of some random British Southern accent, and I was like, "Milady." <laughs> like she didn't even tip me. She didn't give me nothing. <laughs> oh my goodness! How many guys been watching the elections? 
This is the prayer I've been saying before I go to bed every night. This is the prayer I've been saying. Dear Black Jesus. <laughs> if you ever love me, please make Donald Trump the Republican nominee. It's bad for the country, but it's good for my career. Amen. Like that. <laughs> and they've been asking the candidates like some weird, really weird questions. They asked Jeb Bush if he would go back in time to kill a baby Hitler. And he was like, hell yeah, I would. They don't ask black candidates about time travel. They never do. <laughs> they don't ask Ben Carson about, because they know who would go back and kill, right? Practically everybody. Like, just, <laughs> it'll just be a multiple choice. It'll just. <laughs> And I'm concerned about the future because I have a daughter. I have a daughter in college. Um, she's an amazing um, artist. Uh, she's a photographer, painter. But so many people give me so much shit for her majoring in art. Right? They're like, she's not going to make any money with that degree. She's not going to be able to do anything with it. She's going to be homeless, destitute. <laughs> First of all, I don't think you see a lot of homeless artists. Because if you did, you'd see better signs. Um, <laughs> and like the music she listens to, our artists need to be inspired. Uh, she loves Nicki Minaj. You guys know who that is? Nicki Minaj likes to... <laughs> He's like, hell yeah, I do. Nicki Minaj likes to rap a lot about what her vagina tastes like. She can make a whole song about it. She's like, it's real good, you'll see. Tastes like strawberry, mango, kiwi. I'm like, no, no it doesn't. Um, and stop creating unrealistic expectations. Got people out here looking for that. Some young her fans are walking around right now like, that didn't taste like mango at all, Nicki. It's not even close. Close. You guys, I'm single. I've been single for a while. And I think I'm going to tell you guys why I think I'm single. Uh, I think I'm single because I want a woman who doesn't have a pet. I'll just let that marinate for a second. It's kind of like looking for a unicorn. And I told a group of my friends that, and telling the group of lesbians that you want a woman that doesn't have a pet is just like saying, I want a woman who kills pets. Like, they heard <laughs> the exact same thing. And apparently I announced that I want to die alone. <laughs> In a very clean house, so whatever. <laughs> I don't go anywhere to meet women. The only place I meet women are at my shows. And at this point, I just started asking them for random things. Like, this woman came up to me. She was like, Corinda, can I have your number? I was like, take out your phone. Let me see what's in your Netflix queue. <laughs> and I didn't really care what was in her Netflix queue. I just wanted to make sure she had an account so she could add me. I'm trying to give her the Comcast, y'all. My bill is high. <laughs> Very high. I need a woman with benefits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man. You guys, I'm single, so I have to watch television a lot. I watch the news. Um, 
all the time. I probably shouldn't. It's, it's very depressing. Um, we've had like a lot of mass shootings in this country this year, just like every year. And uh, I think we need to face the fact that we're never going to have like common sense gun laws. So we need to approach it from a different way. We can make a smart phone with Siri. I think that we can make a smart gun with psychiatrist Siri. <laughs> Just ask you a few questions before you can fire. <laughs> Do you live in your mother's basement? <laughs> Have you ever written a manifesto? <laughs> Are you a white male, age 30 to 35? <laughs> Is this the most intimate conversation you've ever had with a woman? <laughs> My name is Corinna. You guys have been awesome. Thank you. Corinna Dobbins, you guys. Let her hear it. That was brilliant. Corinna Dobbins, you have a daughter in college? Hell yeah. We should go places together and confuse people about our ages. We should just go on a tour. The other day, I was at Starbucks, and a woman behind me said, you're too young to drink coffee. And I said, I am 33 years old. And she goes, you look good. <laughs> now, granted, I was wearing a backwards baseball cap and a hooded sweatshirt and shorts at the time. So I totally had my blank check look on. <laughs> oh, man, she was great. One more time. That was a brilliant set. I love that. And once again, the show just keeps, it's still, it, it's so good. Everybody is consistently amazing. Not one person is better than the other. We're all fantastic on this show. Everybody's super good. And this next comic, it's also her first time. So are you going to pledge your vote to me again to give her a warm welcome? And she is in town from Ireland. Have you heard of it? It's a place. And there's a holiday for it coming up soon. You guys, please give a warm welcome to Ashling B. Hello, Ashling B. How are you? I'm fine, Ria. How are you? I'm we are good. talking into your telephone. We are. To it's very the totally relaxing and just normal I and comfortable. Feel like you might not actually be recording me, but you're doing this to boost my self-esteem. It's <laughs> exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I feel like this isn't actually. You're like, yeah, of course I'll do an interview with you, Ashling. <laughs> yeah. You're really important. So what are you up to? You're in town, I'm in, in town. Los Angeles, I'm literally in town, Ireland. I'm from Ireland, but I'm just here to be a star. Yeah, like I've no other. Uh, there's no other like hidden agenda or mm -hmm. anything like that. So just I've given myself, to be a star. Like, yeah, purely mm -hmm. to give myself a star. I've given my. I'm staying here two months. Um, oh. but the six weeks of that will be dedicated to becoming a star. Of course, once I've made it, yeah, um, in a big way. Then the last two weeks, I'm just going to take off and enjoy myself. Yeah, just you know, enjoy it. Remember just who I was. Live before. here being a star. Yeah, you know? yeah. Get your toes in the sand. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, cool. I. I'll probably have someone do that for me. Of course, but, yeah. yeah, by that you know, stage. The first time I was here, I mm -hmm. burnt my toes on the sand. What? Yeah, really? that's how white I am. I oh like did gosh. not understand how beaches work, <laughs> and also my skin was like, no, you're not supposed to be here. Dropping the flaming hot dogs on top of your toes probably didn't help. <laughs> that didn't help. Um, but yes, uh, it's my birthday tomorrow though as well. Oh my god! Wait. So my birthday is the day birthday. before St. Patrick's Day. Beautiful. I'm very excited. I'm going to have drinks. 
you're welcome to come to them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. I mean, I don't drink anymore. They, that might be a problem. Well, could you take like one day off from that, or is it a real no, strange thing? Is it a real thing? Is it? <laughs> it's a real thing. Not where I come but from. I, I know. I understand. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, if you could take a day off and then totally get back to it Thursday. Sure. Then just well, maybe get right Friday. back on the thing. I didn't even drink at my wedding. It's a thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh god. Give it up. I'm done. You done with it? Yeah. But you also said you were a Yankophile. I didn't even know that was a thing. I did make it up. Okay, great. Yeah. So Yankophile is my word for people who are Beautiful. into Americans. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because Anglophile is like British, but that yes. we kind of use it for white people. For, in general? Here, yeah. I feel like we do. You could say I'm a bit of an Anglophile, and that would be like for... Being into white stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I think it's If you to... ever needed to be specific about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, would a, what would white stuff be? I don't know. Like movies, television, getting your toes burned in the sand by flaming hot. They dogs. love books as well, don't they, white sure. people? Well, half a them, lot of white them, people that are voting for Trump them. don't like books. <laughs> no, they but they like yeah, they do like burning them. They uh, really do. Yeah, in a giant mm-hmm. T-shape. And then burning their feet on the flames from the burning books. That's what's gotten me the most has been the Trump coverage in this country mm-hmm. since I've arrived. It's, it's unfortunate, from, isn't it? Yeah. Well, literally, I've been here now five weeks, oh. and when I oh, you have to go. I love that. I do have one suggestion, though. A Yankophile. Yankophile? I love that. Yankophile! It's perfect. So so stupidly American. Um, a Yankophile response, like, that women could have, instead of suck my dick, uh, is, kiss my grits! But you could just say it really stressfully, like, kiss my grits! Because if you really think about grits and what they could be in female anatomy... That's dangerous. Nobody's going to like that. So. Y'all are thinking about grits. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have you noticed how many ladies we've had on this show? Holy shit. Like a lot. And oh my God, guess what? Some more are coming on to the stage. I'm a lady and then another one's going to come on to the stage. I'm a lady is a thing I have to say a lot in my day-to-day life. No, 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 I'm a lady. I should be in here. No, 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 I'm 33. I should be in here. Happens to me all the time. Anyway, you guys, this next comic is an absolute favorite of mine and probably of yours. She is fantastic. She has a Netflix show coming out. You guys, please give a huge welcome to Maria Bamford. for 20 years, no one can tell. And um, 
but uh, I was trying to get a better relationship with it. I don't know if you've worked for, if you work in uh, entertainment industry or the arts, um, but there can be a hot, cold aspect to it uh, that can be unnerving. And, and it, it almost seems, you know, it seems personal, but it isn't. It isn't personal. It, it's, just, it's just how it is. And it's like, it is a little bit like working for a giant corporation. I used to work for a giant corporation. Um, anyways, I was trying to get a better attitude towards it so I wouldn't feel so bad, you know, when things, things didn't work out. Um, and I think I just decided that show business is like having a friend with a terrible drinking problem. Um, she's so much fun. Uh, and so exciting and has so many amazing ideas. And she can be really, like, complimentary, especially when she, you, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at me, look at me, you're the most beautiful. You're the most, you're the pretty most, most funniest, you're the funniest, most pretty. The sky dollars are coming down with, with spray. We're gonna sis sisters, we're sisters. <laughs> Tomorrow she is not gonna remember anything that she said. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not on the list. You might want to call your contact. Oh, oh, you don't remember? Um, I, yesterday, you, you said we'd saved each other's lives and you, you, you kept trying to kiss me on the mouth and... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you might want to hashtag kill yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cold, Internet. That's so cold, Internet. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, shame on me for being surprised, because, like, that's what happened, you know? If you have somebody... I've been a person with an addiction before. Whoops. And... Um, <laughs> And the great thing about having a friend who has a drug and alcohol problem is that they will not remember when you let them down. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry about I couldn't make it to Palm Springs to do that gig for a dollar. Um, what? What? I was, um, I was, I was making a watch phone wedge show. Okay, um, now I'm just happy when I see, see her running across the freeway at me, screaming, <gasps> Where have you been? Where have you been? You're so funny, pretty. You're funny, pretty, and I'm gonna get... Okay, I have an idea. It's in a book. <laughs> okay, uh, that joke needs work. You're right. You're right. Um... Could have rehearsed it, feel afraid of being by myself with my words, so sometimes I can't rehearse it by myself. All right, and you're paying for that right now. You are paying for that right now. Uh, I've looked down on people, uh, Los Angeles, who uh, have hobbies. <sighs> oh, oh, why don't you uh, go uh, play your Dungeons and Dragons or... <laughs> <laughs> your video games. Why don't you go find some more jewels? <laughs> uh, or whatever thing you're keeping, um, you're having fun with. Oh, uh, puzzles are fun. 
And then I look down at what I was always doing, and I'm always reading a self-help book, which means, and I have not changed discernibly uh, <laughs> over 25 years, which means I've been playing a very long game of emotional Sudoku. Uh, <laughs> Okay, my great-grandfather was in the army, and he was an alcoholic who beat his son, who was an alcoholic who beat his son, who was an alcoholic who was in the Marines, who beat his son. Anyways, so then that, okay, and then, and then my great-grandmother was, had all seven kids, but then she never left an attic, and then she had a, she was an alcoholic, and then great-grandma died in a fire of her own making. So... <laughs> That means when I talk about how I feel when someone else is driving, I need to use I statements. <laughs> I feel scared. I feel concerned. And it's... Ugh, if I could just... If I, if, if I could just get, you know, something else in there, it'd be a dinosaur. <laughs> I, uh, my... My my mom and I, or my husband and I, now do live action role playing of our of our mothers. <laughs> well, Linda, I just got a purse and I got it with my Fitbit uh, steps. I did thirteen thousand. You can transfer those into Hilton Honors points. I don't know if you realize that, which also works to get rebates at Nordstrom's. So I just got I got you a purse, Marilyn. I don't need a purse. I would have nothing to put in it and nowhere to go. Well, Linda, you know, you did the best you could. You've got to give yourself a pat on the back. You had four kids, and you raised a son who my daughter is deeply in love with. and They had a terrible childhood. I had nothing to do with it. I'm amazed they even survived. Well, you know, look, you know, a therapist, you know, and I, w I was not perfect. Marilyn, you know nothing about it. I worked for 40 years as a nurse. I sat on men's deathbeds as they begged for hand jobs on their dying breath. You're right. I was a kept woman. I wore a diamond solitaire like a yoke. Would you want to go to the IMAX theater with me and watch any movie starring Timothy Oliphant while sharing a box of Sherry's Berries that I purchased from the internet? I'd, I'd love to. You can't sit next to me. I don't like people. Well, you know what? I'll put my purse between us and we can pretend we're in Delta Economy Comfort. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, then the last one I was going to try was um, my... Uh, oh, oh, yes. Oh, jobs. It is so scary um, to say what your job is sometimes. Like, I, I don't mean to put you... On, but do, do you what what is your position in life at this point? Or what do you how do you earn? Your college is oh awesome. Do people say what's your major? What's a what's major? Um, what is your major? <laughs> Film major. Oh awesome, that's awesome. And then do you ever get scared people are gonna say something about it? Like, do you get scared of saying what? You <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. What do you get scared? 
Oh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, interesting. What is it? <laughs> you don't know. See, that's. I know it's frightening because it feels like it's like oh, whatever somebody's gonna say, it's like gonna define you. Like, I don't know. I I, I always say I'm a bookkeeper, which I am. Um, I have taken three separate QuickBooks accounting uh, bookkeeping bookkeeping courses and not finished them. Online, in hotels, and also a college course. So. Um, I, uh, anyways, I, I was saying, I said to somebody, I made a mistake of saying what I did on a, on a flight, and the whole f- flight from JFK to LAX, a woman explained to me the worst moment I ever had in my life. <laughs> I had to sit through an hour of a comic bombing, and it was the worst night I have ever had in my life. And we were, I will never go see stand up comedy again. <laughs> Out of defensiveness, uh, defensiveness, of course, I asked what she did uh, for, uh, for ducats. And, um, and she explained to me that she was an employee of a little company called Cirque du Soleil as a clown! <laughs> Now, I have dated a clown before. (laughs) And I have sat through more than one showing of Christ as clown figure, Red River Nose, crucified on the cross. The entire audience gets a water balloon. You got to throw it at Jesus while yelling Jew. Is the delicious discomfort that is the arts. Dive in. I, I wish I had paid to see that. <laughs> but um, I just get so scared. And I was trying to think. My, my sister changed jobs recently. She's a, a physician. And uh, that, that kind of job. Like, you say you're a doctor. And people are like, just tell me. Look in my eyes. Tell me where I'm going to die. And... Um, <laughs> Just so much prestige and like heightened. But she quit. She quit five years ago. She stopped entirely. She became a life coach and practitioner of shamanic healing. Now, let me tell you what a giant set of Native American medicine balls it takes to say that in northern Minnesota, right near the Ojibwe Anishinaabe nation. Anyways, she is so brave, and I was trying to think of, she's uh, she's so delightful, and I'm all in. I I totally, uh, I I believe I'm wearing a piece of amethyst uh, for reasons I will not tell you, and I have taken a ceramic tile from a velvet pouch with an animal totem on it and made major life decisions based on that animal totem. Wild turkey, that's who I married. Um... But uh, I was trying to think of what would be the, the scariest turnabout or the equivalent ter- turnabout for me as uh, if I quit, quit comedy and did something totally different like my sister. And I think, I think it would be if I just became completely sincere. <laughs> so what the fuck are you doing, Pamford? What, what are you doing? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm taking things... 
there's just a lot of things that are really important in life, and you need to respect them. Ideas and, and people and situations that aren't uh, to made, be made fun of. Even, you know, why, why am I making that face even when I say that? Anyways, um, I love you guys so much, and I, and I mean that. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Just the best. The best, right? Yes, that's what I thought. You agree with me? Awesome. We have two comics left on the show. How do you guys feel about that? Excited? Amazing. The sex comic has been on Conan. He also has an awesome podcast on Feral Audio, which this show is also on, called Don't Ever Change. I've been on it. It's a great show. Check it out. You guys, welcome John Rock. John Roy! Uh, good to be here. Just came off the road, uh, so I'm like, like loving being back in California. And uh, I, when I'm on the road, I just it's all Netflix all day. Like I love Netflix, but they're <laughs> doing something now as of like last year with Netflix that I'm not really cool with. But when you're done watching an episode of anything now on Netflix, they just start the next one. <laughs> they don't give you any time to think about whether you need to go to work the next morning. <laughs> That's not cool. Not even heroin dealers do that shit. When you're out of drugs, he's not already on your porch going, I got your next bag, buddy! There's some things in the culture that I don't like. Uh, I heard an expression I'd never heard before. My buddy called somebody a basic bitch. And I was like, what is that? That sounds bad. And he goes, well, that's a woman who does what everybody else does. She dresses the same. She wears the same clothes. I'm like, okay, well, that might be annoying. But that's not bad enough that she should get called a basic bitch over it. <laughs> Especially when the male equivalent of that woman is just called a bro. <laughs> which isn't even bad at all. That's not fair. That's like if you saw a kid with glow sticks and you were like, what do you call that guy? And they're like, oh, he's like an EDM kid. And you're like, oh, what do you call his girlfriend? Drug addicted filth. <laughs> Whoa. It's kind of a disparity. If you're wondering where this accent comes from, it's Chicago. But I didn't even know I had an accent until I moved to California. And 12 store clerks in a row, when I told them my name was John, they said, Chad? Because that is what a California brain does when confronted with the Chicago A-sound. It melts their CPU, and their inner Siri just goes, Chad? And the funny thing about it is, I chose to talk like this. And I don't mean that I found a genie and I was like, I wish I talked like an asshole! <laughs> what I mean is my parents don't talk like this. My parents are both from St. Louis. They both have master's degrees. My parents talk like an NPR story about wind farms. <laughs> I got this voice from a kid on my block named Murph. And the first thing that Murph ever said to me was, 
I wouldn't live in a Polak building for a million dollars in Jenny McCarthy's pussy. I heard that and was like, he's got Mr. Miyagi potential. I need to get close to Murph and study his ways. Now, I have not lived in Chicago for 12 years, and I didn't uh, realize how strong a hold the city still had on me until about two years ago, I met a girl. Well, I met a 34-year-old grown woman, but I'm an adult that still calls women girls for some reason. Uh, If you do this too, we gotta stop. It's ridiculous. It sounds embarrassing. I met a girl! I'm a boy! Do you like Digimon? Let's ride bikes! But I met a woman, and there was an intense attraction right at the top. And I didn't understand why until six months later, I found out she was a cop's daughter from the South Side. She was half Irish, a quarter German, and a quarter Czech. There was no way I could resist that much concentrated Chicago in one place. She was like a syringe full of green river water. The only woman who could maybe pull me away might be like a talking hot dog. But if you're wondering why Angela knew her exact ethnicity down to the 25th percentile, everyone in Chicago does. We're psychotic about it. It's like we get Google alerts from Ancestry.com. It makes no sense. There's a question Chicago people think is normal, then they leave and realize it's insane. But they'll write up to you on the day they met you and go, what are you? And people don't know what to do. They're like, I'm a person, what? Not only do Chicago people not think that's weird, they answer that question without skipping a beat. Like you ask them what time it is. They're like, oh, I'm half Greek, a quarter Polish, two-seventh Slovakian on my father's side, but technically at that time it was the kingdom of Bohemia. (laughs) Whereas the only time regular people have even heard that question was in the movie Batman, and the answer was, I'm Batman. There are shitty things about Chicago. It is a segregated city, still, and the segregation lines are sharp. You know where you are. There's a train station called Roosevelt, and when the train going north pulls into Roosevelt, there are no white people on that train. Six stops later, you could lead a Coldplay sing-along. And they would nail it. And not just clocks, either. Like, the X and Y shit. Like... Milo's at Lodo. (laughs) But the most racist thing I heard last time I was there was not said by a Chicagoan at all, or even by an American. It was a woman from Australia. She saw my show at Zany's. I asked her just one question. I go, how are you enjoying the city? And she goes, some of your cops are black! And I was like, no further questions. (laughs) I am not clicking for more on that story because I'm pretty sure the next thing out of her mouth was not, and I say it's about time. That's not where she was going. But I did hear one sentence the last time I was there that gave me hope for tolerance in that city. It was not a racial thing, but it was a sentence I had never heard before in my city's native Murph knucklehead accent. And here was that sentence. I got all fucked up on gay pride day. And I was like, I guess that's good. (laughs) 
that gay people have finally advanced far enough in society that we can use their only holiday as another bullshit Cinco de Mayo, St. Patrick's Day excuse to get fucked up in the city on an off day by people that had nothing to do with it in the first place. I'm getting hammered. It's Sunday morning. Yeah, but the gays are free or some shit. I don't know. All I know is I'm about to have a beer under a rainbow-colored racket ship at 10 a.m. That's what I know. And that'll do it for me. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the show. ran right out here. Good at my job. Yes. Okay. You guys, our final comic is amazing. Also, guess what? Another goddamn lady. Look at this effing show. Just keeping it. Just like to hold it for a minute, see if anybody's gonna clap. Nope, you didn't. It's great. You guys, this last comic is, uh, she's one of my favorites. We hung out in Winnipeg, Canada together. And it was super weird and super amazing, and she is very funny. You guys give it up for Michelle Buteau. Oh my God, I love her. There aren't many people I could say, God damn it, remember that time in Manitoba? But, and I was scared as fuck. I was like, why does everyone look like they're like, from the same tribe of beard? Like, it was insane. We kept doing shows, and everybody was like a low-budget Duck Dynasty. You know how ugly you got to be to be a low-budget Duck Dynasty? I was like, this dude was heckling me. I was like, bitch, you need three teeth to heckle me. Like, it was insane. It was like, it was like, like original tie-dye, you know what I mean? From like 1972, whatever. Look, it was, Manitoba's not my place. I just realized, are you, is everyone Canadian? I'm so sorry. Am I offending everybody? My biggest, like my most fun time there was going to Walmart and getting Canadian chocolate. I can't, I can't. I like to travel and go places, but I like to feel safe as fuck too, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So <laughs> this year, everyone keeps trying to give me books to read and shit. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, like if it's not on an app or an article, I'm not gonna read it. Although I am trying to write a book. <laughs> uh, it's called Maintaining Chunky. <laughs> Real talk, a thick girl's guide to not getting fat or skinny. And <laughs> it's two parts, one part fat, one part skinny. And <laughs> I'm just like, tired of people giving me exercise tips because I exercise. Like, I know I have a camel hoof. It's like two humps holding water downstairs. I fucking get it. But I exercise. Like, I run half marathon. Well, I lightly jog half marathons because these tits are so big. But, like, I wish I could do full marathons. I'm not that African. But, like, whatever. Like, I exercise is what I'm saying, okay? I could touch my toes and shit. Are you taking a picture of me? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, anyways... I just want like a fucking jacket that zips. Um, <laughs> I really like game shows. I've just been like, I'm rediscovering weed is what's happening. Like all my cool friends that are like skinny and like dress well, they don't drink, they smoke weed. I'm like, that's what I gotta do. Like that's my new diet. That's what I'm gonna do. 
And so I'm just like going down this rabbit hole of GSN, and I fucking love Steve Harvey in a very unnatural way. And I don't know if you guys are watching Family Feud. Get your life and watch that shit. It is amazing. It's amazing. Like, he's always way happier to see the black families than the white families. He's like, we got a good one today, folks. It's the Johnsons. And over here from Atlanta, it's the Smith. And it's great. And he'll do like a fucking dance. Anyways. It's my everything. And I don't know if you ever saw the porcupine bit, but this is like a... You saw it? Bit? I love it. Oh, yeah. We got a YouTuber. Um... I'll just tell you quickly because I can't see you and we'll never meet, but <laughs> the question was, name something that follows the word pork. And this bitch goes, lawn! And Steve's like, what? She goes, lawn! L-I-O-N! So the bitch spelled lion. <laughs> That's number one, okay? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I thought you said lawn. Okay, looking for the pork loin. And it was there. And they go over and they act like they won already. They're like, yeah, Jesus! Yeah, Jesus! It's like you still have like seven more answers, bitch. Like, take it down. But they don't like the fucking soul clap. I was like, is Tyler Perry producing this shit? So, <coughs> the haves and have nots. And so they go to her brother, right, who has like a bow tie and suspenders and a belt because somebody used their coupon at Ms. Warehouse. <laughs> he just used all the coupons. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And, or ma'am, I don't know. So, <laughs> so Steve goes, Dave, some of that falls over a pork, and he goes, coupon. <laughs> What? <laughs> he goes, coupon. <laughs> and Steve just looked at him like, why are you embarrassing <laughs> just a whole race of people <laughs> on this fucking network right now? Like, that's what OJ's for. Like, why are you fucking up? <laughs> this motherfucker goes, coupon. It's the number one answer. And then Steve's like, I bet every dollar I got is number one on YouTube. And anyways, it wasn't there. But... <laughs> I was thinking, like, I love these fucking game shows. I want to write a game show for Mormon families because they don't have their own thing. Right? Are you Mormon? No. You been to Utah? You got a friend named John Smith? <laughs> I want to write, like, a newlywed game, but, like, called How Well Do You Know Your Wives? I think it's going to be a hit. So what I'm also obsessed with is Real Housewives. Does anyone watch Real Housewives? Am I the only asshole that's watching Bravo? <laughs> Fucking 44 million people and I'm the only motherfucker in here. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Nene Leakes, bloop, close your legs to Mary Beth, nobody? Okay. Twirl, no, nobody? Okay, you guys are smart, fuck you. I love the Real Housewives. I just love watching like overly sexy mothers just bitching and fighting and running errands. That's how I spend my afternoons. Um, maybe I should switch from the hash oil, but it's great. <laughs> they all have these great log lines when they first start the show. They're like, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but I'm pretty. And I'm like, work it, bitch. <laughs> so I try to come up with mine. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm not good at math, but I've got rhythm. And then I do like a complicated dance. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, there's a skinny white girl stuck in my body, so don't piss me off. I'll write a bad Yelp review. <laughs> right? And then like I twirl. Okay. <laughs> Wait. I'm 38 years old. That's Puerto Rican grammar age. Blackish don't crackish. Tuesday nights at ABC. <laughs> I'm a fat Lisa Bonet and a low budget Beyonce wrapped in a riddle and a candy wrapper. <laughs> I'm really 38. Okay. Oh, and this is the one I think I'm going to go with when I don't ever do this show. <laughs> the only time I wanted to rain is in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Soft grind. <laughs> um, I, I got to wrap it up. I got to sit down. These sits are heavy, but here's the deal. It's so heavy. You know what I'm saying? You're a big titty bitch. You get it. It is like, Peter, picture like Peter Dinklage, like both of his heads on your chest. That's uh, my life. You're lucky I'm smiling. Thank you. Another big titty bitch. Um, I, I, I live in New York. Obviously, I'm happy. No, I'm just kidding. Don't cut me. I live in New York, and like everyone's here for pilot season and this, that, and the other. And when I go on auditions, it's hilarious because it's always like, like the other, like the openly ethnic friend. So it's just like a weird Chinese girl with glasses and an Indian girl who's just like, where do I go? And then like, like an Australian girl who's just like, I have a green card. Like it's just a weird mix. And that's like my audition crew. And the other audition crew is like black girls who like either just like lost 50 pounds or gained 50 pounds. And they just like sit around a circle and it's great. It's like an Oprah's book club. It's amazing. No, seriously, they sit around and they have such love for each other. Like it's not competitive at all. Like black women really support each other. I fucking love that. They like sit around and they pray and like they like exchange recipes and shit. And when you go in and audition, they're like, go ahead, baby, do that. Jesus loves you. And I'm like, thanks, mom. Like it's amazing. <laughs> And I just want to say, like, life is so much easier if we could just, like, you know, get along. You know what? Fuck you guys. You want a joke? All right, here we go. <laughs> Try to leave on, like, a good high note, but fuck it. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, I, I, um, I'm married to um, a white guy. He's Dutch. He's got foreskin. It's delicious. And I am for the skin. Thank you, sir. Clap it up. What are you, sir? Oh, my God, you're like 15. So anyways, <laughs> I read this article on HuffPo that if you have a nickname for your significant other, you're supposed to get into less arguments. So I actually nicknamed my Dutch husband Ikea. <laughs> I did because I like to use his face as a chair. <laughs> oh, my God. Good night, bitches. Jesus Christ. Tuesday. Bye. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh.
from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.